Cameron and Jake are lifelong friends that love video games, movies, and generally all of nerd culture. Very original, right? Jake, that's me, has recently achieved a dream of mine to move to Japan and teach English, so we stay connected by making this podcast. Each episode, you'll join us as we take a nostalgic look back at the culture that we so love. This is Region Unlocked. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Region Unlocked. Hey, guys. My name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. Jake, how's it going? <laughs> It's going fantastic over here in Japan right now. Uh, what about you, Cameron? Uh, it's also going great. You know why it's going great? Tell me. Why is it, why is it so great today? Oh, I know exactly why it's so great today, because I believe this is episode number 10. We did it, guys. We made 10 episodes. Yes. I think we can retire happily knowing that Absolutely. we made this 10th episode. Yes, I got to cash in all that stock that I bought years back. Mm, it's going to be worth a lot. Podcast.com. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So being our 10th episode, today we decided to mix it up a little bit in what we talk about. So you probably noticed uh, in our episode title, it didn't have a specific game because we're not talking about any one specific game. Uh, yes. Instead, we thought we'd kind of break it down into some smaller sections and talk about games that we like, but don't necessarily deserve their own episode. Yeah, I've got a couple, and I know you do too, don't you, Cameron? Uh, yes, I have a, a game that I'd like to talk about today too. And actually, the more I researched it, I was like, oh, maybe we, we should have made its own episode. But who cares? <laughs> It'll get some coverage. You know, based on the luck we've had in the past, I feel like that's what's been happening. We've planned to talk a little bit about one game, and it's turned to mostly talking a <laughs> lot about that one game, and next thing you know, it spills into another episode. That's true. Mario Kart and Diddy Kong were supposed to be one episode. <laughs> yeah. Easily got an hour out of each. That's a good problem to have, though, I suppose. Yeah. So being our 10th episode, we thought we would start off with a little reflection on how things have gone so far and how we have grown so yes. um, just a little inf- knowledge for you about our timeline is obviously we record a lot in advance just because we don't want to stress out trying to like keep up with a weekly schedule. Now, luckily, we have been able to be on a pretty much weekly schedule, which is great. Yes. But um, this is our 10th episode, and episode one just now went online uh, this weekend. Yep. So we just got to hear episode one for the first time. And I thought we could talk about it a little bit, about how bad it was, and, <laughs> and hopefully we're better now. Yeah, we could talk about how much we've learned and how quickly we realize that we've learned a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So do you, do you have anything you'd like to say before uh, I've, I've got some comments about that episode? Oh, yes. Well, first of all, um, I did get a new mic, and I think our equipment has gone up in quality i suppose yeah, yeah our audio uh, since real we bad. started yeah <laughs> but since then i think we've gotten better at getting our toehold into maybe conversation topics and figuring out what to say and kind of knowing what to say true because right off the bat it's like we're just sitting there there's a lot of dead space we don't really know what we're doing i yeah. guess i also i wasn't quite sure what how much to edit in the first one like yeah how much of these awkward silences do i need to take out i don't think there's too much awkward pausing but like right it's... now i'm <laughs> i'm pausing a lot and i'm editing all of these pauses out or did wow. i maybe i'm leaving these pauses in that is very interesting it's too it's not that interesting <laughs> no, uh, it's not. so i was listening to this uh on the road and episode one and Lindsay was with me that's my wife she's like uh jake sounds like a tired robot and all, of <laughs> all of this it's like yeah he he kind of does doesn't he he's he yeah seems very bored with what he's saying hmm yeah a tired robot i would agree i'd say there's been a couple of software updates since then to that yes. tired robot <laughs> good good yeah totally I was thinking kind of the same thing. The first time I listened to it, I was on the way to work. I was on the train in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there like laughing to myself. I probably looked really weird. 
but there were like <laughs> dead spots and we both kind of sounded a little bit less than enthusiastic, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe we've realized that can change a little bit, which I think it has. Yeah, I think so too. But that being said, uh, it did not, let's see, last episode was actually not great. Our oh, really? Super Mario 64 Part 2, which we ironically re-recorded because the first time we did it, we were so low energy and quiet. Yeah. Episode 2 came across very <laughs> boring. Oh, no, that's not good. So I think, so the reason is because we did, we did both those parts in one night, and I think mm-hmm. maybe we should not necessarily keep doing two episodes in one night because we ended okay. up finishing. It was, a, it was a little after midnight for me. Okay. And so you can tell I just sounded super tired. But oh. also most of our conversation was about how we don't necessarily enjoy the back half of that game. And <laughs> so we didn't have a lot to say. It just sounded super boring. It's like, yeah, this level has, it's got like an underwater city and that's okay, I guess. It's like, come on, guys. You, you so put this off and then you did the same thing again. So I'd be surprised if, if someone listened to that episode. They'd probably just quit. They're not even listening to this one anymore. <laughs> so I guess we didn't enjoy the second half of that episode too, did we? No. Just I almost, like Super Mario 64. Exactly. I almost cut it. I was going to just like say take the our top fives from the end and just add it on to part one. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, no, we've got an hour of content here. It might be bad, but it's, it's, I'm uploading it. I, I spent too long editing. <laughs> why so, not? It's, why it's good stuff. Not. Well, 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 at least we have fun doing it. So listeners, I am very sorry if, uh, if there are parts that sound really drab. <laughs> yeah. You're probably like, Hey, stop talking about your podcast. This isn't a podcast podcast. It's a gaming podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you're in here with us. And so I, I really appreciate if you're sticking with us, keep listening because this yes. is so much fun for us. And you, it might be bad, but it's everything starts out bad. It's going to get better. It's true. And it's really tough because of the time difference. We're doing this live and there is over a day time difference. And so getting that schedule right is tough. So we're, we're we're trying to work through it. So thank you for bearing with us. What are you talking about? This isn't live. I record my conversation with some pauses, send it to you, <laughs> and then you respond to those pauses. Yeah, and I patch I have, it together. I have to respond within the exact second. Yeah. Of everything going on. Yeah, it's tough. That's why this podcast is so bad. It's mm. because <laughs> it's so bad. It's good. Exactly. But no, especially just after that first episode went live and getting to listen to it, it feels real now. It's like, whoa, Mm. someone is listening to us and Mm. that's cool. And we got to do our best, even if it's just one person, even if it's just my wife. Hey, Lindsay, thanks for still listening. 10 episodes (laughs) in. Hey, mom. Thanks too. (laughs) Your mom's listening to this? I have no clue. (laughs) I'm just adding that, uh, very stereotypical hi mom (laughs) all right cool well that is our reflection of our first 10 episodes Uh, i won't i will say a lot of the ones that i've put up so far i'm really proud of jake at this moment has not heard them he has only heard the he hears them as you hear them essentially as they come out Mm -hmm. so yeah uh i really liked the pokemon episode i think that one was a lot of fun a lot of fun to edit and so I was thinking about that, you know, why did, why was that one good? And I think it's because there's a lot of variety to that because mm. there is so many different topics we covered while like Mario 64 part two was just yeah. like the levels. Here's mm-hmm. 10 levels in a row and the lack of variety is really going to tire us out. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Cool. All right. Uh, before we dive into it, what's up in Japan? I saw you just posted some pictures of, uh, cherry blossoms coming into bloom it's looking pretty yeah indeed right now the uh, sakura trees or the cherry blossoms are blooming and those are world famous for being excessively beautiful and colorful so there's some just like a two-minute walk outside from my apartment and i went out and took some pictures and did some sightseeing yesterday just because i could and it was 
beautiful. Right now it's raining, which really stinks. So yesterday was the perfect opportunity to. Yeah. So if you ever get a chance to check out the sakura or cherry blossom trees, do that. Even if it's just looking up um, images online. And also because of, you know, some worrisome news recently, um, our, a lot of our schools have been closing down, including mine. So um, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen. So <laughs> we're just uh, kind of waiting for some new news on that. Yeah, and if you happen to be listening to this episode a year from now, he's talking about coronavirus. Oh and, yeah, uh, who knows? Maybe we're dead right now. Maybe the future. Hopefully us not. Are... <laughs> <laughs> that would really stink. I mean, literally, yeah. that hey, would really gotta, stink. <laughs> we got to keep the topical stuff out of here because we want this yeah. to be timeless. Oh, of course, of course. This this is timeless, of course. <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so Japan sounds good. Yeah, it's uh, well, really good right now. Despite the things you just said. Yeah, it, it, it is It is good in many respects. It's just, there's just a lot of crazy news right now, that's all. So, yeah. still enjoying it. Good. Yes. So, let's dive in, shall we? Let's dive in head first. So, uh, today we're going to talk about three games. Jake has picked two, I have picked one. So, we'll just start off with Jake. What is the first game we're going to learn about today? The first game that we're going to talk about today is Quest 64. All right. Have you ever heard of that one, Cameron? Uh, I've heard of it. I have no idea what it is. I've not played it. Okay. Well, it is an RPG for the Nintendo 64. Um, one of the rare RPGs for the N64. It was one made of the by first Rare? ones to come out. No. <laughs> one of the uncommon ones. Okay, you got to be more clear. Yeah, I didn't think about that. No, it was made by um, Imagineer, and it came out for the N64 before The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time did. So at the mm-hmm. time, a lot of people were um, conversing about when a good, solid RPG would be coming out for the N64 in the United States, because they're fairly common over here in Japan, and Quest 64 was the answer to that. Um, Now, when the game came out, it was pretty average as far as reviews go. It was pretty average to, I'd say, lower-ended, and the game was criticized a lot for being very, uh, what's a good word for it, basic? Okay. Because of the graphics, uh, the cinema scenes, there was just, there was not a lot of flair to the game. All right. Um, okay. The, the music was considered, um, very midi quality and very subpar. The graphics were considered very bland and the gameplay was considered very basic. Um, Mm -hmm. all that said though, it was still an RPG. It was an answer to everyone's want for an RPG on the N64 at the time. And when I picked it up, I didn't have many, um, <laughs> I guess, prerequisites to base it off of. Sure. So when I played it, it was just so incredible. You got to run around these fantasy worlds and, you know, battle all these random encounter creatures, which I didn't mm-hmm. know that I didn't know about the concept of random encounters at the time. So it was all new to me. Yeah. And I would play it for hours nonstop. And this was one of the first N64 games I ever played much less one of the first adventure games I ever played. And it eventually turned into a, an obsession for me. Now adventure and RPG games are my number one go-to oh, yeah. genre. So you could say that this um, pretty lackluster game at the time turned into, um, it, it basically formed my obsession with <laughs> with uh, fantasy RPG games. That's so that's cool. Yeah, that's the extent of Quest 64. So you play as the titular character, Brian, and you go to the end of this gigantic fantasy world. And similar to other RPGs, you have random encounter battles with fantasy creatures. Mm -hmm. Um, But the game was notorious for not having any cutscenes or any cinema scenes whatsoever. Okay. So how is is it telling story? uh, Through text. Okay. Almost entirely through text, which is not bad, but a lot of people weren't expecting that, and a lot of people didn't like that. Yeah, I'm sure because at the time it was it was probably competing with Final Fantasy, which on the PlayStation, yes, people wanted those full video cutscenes. Oh, definitely. And at the time, also, there were a plethora of 
RPG adventure games in Japan. But in the U.S., that was still not as big of a thing, I suppose. No. So it got a lot more attention in the U.S., I think, and there was a lot less competition uh, for that reason. Right. That's Quest 64 right there. And so yeah, what? it did. It didn't. Oh, uh, no, no. Sorry, it, it it didn't have a lot of competition at the time. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was curious. What's the like combat? What's the gameplay like? Uh, the gameplay is almost literally running and walking around, collecting items that help your HP and MP, mm-hmm. and having random encounter battles out in the overworlds that you enter. Or the was it turn based fields? Yeah, it's turn based. Okay. Yeah, so similar to other RPG tech concepts. But yeah, no cinema scenes. When you beat the game, there's a colorful credits scene, and that's about it. I will say the music is pretty good. It's just, it's all MIDI quality and very, uh-huh. I'd say, lower-ended quality. It, it, it could sound better, but there's a few really good orchestral compilations that came out on YouTube that you could check out sometime that sound really good. Okay. They took all the scores and redid them all. But one of my goals here in Japan is to visit the uh, headquarters, or at least find where the headquarters of Imagineer Corporation was, because I don't think that game that game company is still in existence. I uh, yeah, I don't think so. Um... So Quest sixty four, that was a game that none of my friends knew about or liked playing, and every time I tried to tell them about it, they were just like, "Eh, yeah, whatever. Let's talk <laughs> about this new popular game." <laughs> so. Would you recommend checking this game out if no one had ever played it before? Right now, over 20 years after it came out, I would recommend checking it out for the sake of learning about its history and kind of seeing what I talked about and knowing that it was an interesting example of an RPG. Unless you're a very hardcore RPG fan who cannot get anything else in their life but turn-based RPGs. Just don't even bother playing through it because it will take you a very long time. And I just think that it's past its prime, to be honest. Yeah, I just, I just typed me. in uh, RPGs on the N64 and there's not a lot here. Probably the, the most notable one is uh, Paper Mario, which hmm. I still need to play. Yeah, you need to play. here. I need to buy it. I saw it a couple times on sale here, but I've not bought it yet. I really should. Yeah. Snap. So that's Quest 64, everyone. It was a filler to tie the ends between uh, releases of when Ocarina of Time came out, basically. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, then, let's move on to my choice for today. Cool beans. What's your choice, Cameron? So this is a game that, again, probably deserved its own episode, so we might end up talking most of the rest of the episode about this game, but that (laughs) is... Donkey Kong 64. So Donkey Kong 64 is an interesting game that when it came out has it got really good reviews actually. It was very highly praised when it came out. I would agree. And in retrospect people have started to bash on it because the gameplay has not aged very well. It was very much of its time. Oh, and snap. And that was a collectathon. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, so I I'm actually I'm getting ahead of myself. So I've I've teased you with some facts. Let's back up. So oh, Donkey Kong 64. <laughs> this came out in the uh, end of the year 1999. And it came out on a yellow cartridge, which is cool. <laughs> and also, it came packed in with the expansion pack for the N64. Okay. And the expansion pack is was an interesting little feature that you added into your N64. And I never necessarily knew what it did or why, but it was required to play Donkey Kong because it took advantage of it. So hmm. I looked it up in the expansion pack. What it did was it, it doubled the amount of RAM in the N64. So it made it eight megabytes instead of four. So, oh. huh. yeah, eight megabytes. Not a lot. Wow. but uh, Yeah, no kidding. It doubled We've the capacity. <laughs> and so because of that, this allowed the games to do uh, greater resolution, 
longer view distances and have mm. some more detailed graphics. So the graphics in this game were pretty darn good. Uh, some of the comparisons that I was reading were saying that's like, yeah, it looks good, but it still doesn't look as good as Banjo-Kazooie. So mm. uh, they're both made by Rare, and this came out in between Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Mm. And so a lot of comparisons were immediately drawn to Banjo-Kazooie. And mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with that, that Banjo-Kazooie still looked better just because it had a lot more detailed environments mm-hmm. where... Donkey Kong, although it was very colorful and had some really cool lighting effects in this game, mm. when you, yes, with just like lightning and weather and running through tunnels, it just it looks really good. And there's sometimes mm. where I was just like, wow, I'm kind of impressed that my N64 is doing this. Yeah. But then the levels themselves are just kind of open and, and bland, especially when you compare, say, DK's Island to like mm. Gruntilda's lair. There's a lot more going on in, in her lair. But anyway, <laughs> the expansion pack, I wanted, I was curious what other games used it on mm. the N64. And there's actually not a lot. So here's just a small handful where it could utilize the pack if you had it, but mm-hmm. it was not required. That was yeah. uh, Aiden Chronicles, The First Mage, Gauntlet Legends, Hybrid Heaven, Pokemon Stadium 2, Resident Evil 2, Road Rash 64, Shadow Man, Star Wars Episode 1 Racer, Turok 2, San Francisco Rush, and South Park. So those, you know, they uh, up-resed when you had that expansion pack, but mm. only four games needed it to be played. One was Donkey Kong, the other was Majora's Mask, single-player mode of Perfect Dark, and multiplayer mode of StarCraft 64. Wow. Yeah. There you wow. Go. Only four games needed that that oh-so-hyped piece of hardware that was bundled with Donkey Kong 64. Yeah. Well, it came out oh so late. And it's live. Yeah, yeah. So that replaced the jumper pack, didn't it? That little thing that was stuck in your N64? Yes, it did. The jumper pack. I remember that. Wow. So... Donkey Kong 64, that mm-hmm. was such an amazing game. I remember it too. I played a lot of that game, mm-hmm. and I assume you probably beat it as well. And Nope. Oh, you never did? Oh, that's, I never that's... beat it. I had to watch the final boss fight on YouTube right before you called. Oh, snap, man. Oh, yeah. that's... But you were the one who told me about the final boss. You told me how <laughs> to beat I? it. Yeah. Oh, I must have had someone tell me. Maybe. <laughs> But this game, so let me quickly run down what it is. Basically, it's it's very much, you know, in line with Mario 64 and Banjo-Kazooie. You've got a hub world, and you're going mm-hmm. from level to level, uh, grabbing collectibles to unlock the rest. But this game was more unique in that it had five different characters that you could switch between. So it had the whole Kong family of Diddy, Tiny, Lanky, and Chunky, along with Donkey mm. Kong. Yeah, and basically what's happened is King K. Rule he shows up in his giant gator ship, ready to blow up <laughs> Kong Island, but they crash into a rock and they're like, "Oh, our lasers busted!" So in the meantime, let's go steal all their bananas and kidnap his friends to slow him down. Hmm. And that's pretty much it. So you just go from level to level, collecting stuff and growing up. I I loved this game without much thought. Mm-hmm. I didn't really think about how much collecting there is. And holy cow, there is collecting. So mm. it was put in the Guinness World Records in 2008 for having the most collectibles of any game in history. And that Jeez. was 3,821 collectibles. Oh my gosh. And the big reason for this is wow. the developer... <laughs> yeah, one of the guys at Rare, he wanted this to be, to stand out from Banjo-Kazooie, to not be pretty much the exact same game. And Banjo-Kazooie just had, you know, 100 musical notes and some jiggies in each level, mm-hmm. while Donkey Kong, it had five golden bananas mm-hmm. per Kong in each level, so 25 gold bananas uh. total, 
for a grand total of 201 gold bananas. And then each Kong can also get 100 colored bananas that they use to unlock the boss levels in each level. Oh, wow. Yeah. This, so this is what drove me crazy. I, I got it out today and I mm-hmm. played through the first two levels of the game and mm. there is so much backtracking. Mm. Some, so some of the backtracking is cool where it's like, oh, I get to come back here later once I have this power mm-hmm. and do this because Rare was pretty good at teasing you with that where it's like, oh, here's a gate I can't get through and here's a switch I can't hit. Like yeah. I'm really excited to when I can. Mm-hmm. But the big problem I had was that just in the first two levels, I was only playing as Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong, mm-hmm. and I would get basically, I don't know if duped is the right word, but let's say I would, <laughs> I'd find this trail of yellow bananas that you yeah. pick up as Donkey Kong. I'd follow this trail, and then at the end of the trail is like a Diddy Kong switch. And it's like, seriously? Now, I, I just came down this path. Now I have to go back. I've got to go get Diddy Kong and then come back and do it again. And I remember a lot of the game was like that, where it's just like you get to these places and you're like, ah, I'm the wrong Kong. So now I have to go back and switch and come back and do it again. Uh And really, that's that's the biggest problem with that game. It's just there's some good backtracking, but then there's just too much backtracking. Okay. And I actually found um, just a, a quote from George... Andreas, who uh, worked on the game, and he said, if they were to do it again, there's a lot I would do differently. This was, sorry, this is Donkey Kong's creative director. He said, yeah. we would scale things down, make things look sharper, and focus on fewer things. I would have unified the banana system. That would have made it much easier for players to play through. I'd also promote more swapping between characters at regular intervals. But mm. just having a consistent banana count rather than multiple colors would have improved things. Yeah. And I agree okay. with that. If just like any character could pick up any banana. Like if yeah. you make that that fix, like I'd buy a remake of this. It was pretty play. frustrating. Yeah, I, I would agree. The the whole invisible things that because you were the wrong Kong, the things would turn invisible when you got to them. That was really frustrating to me. But Yeah. I would agree. Go ahead. As I said earlier, I actually never beat this game. I got okay. stuck on the second to last level. I think it's like a haunted level. Mm-hmm. I just couldn't find enough bananas to open the boss. Like, okay. I searched the level top to bottom, not well enough, I suppose. And I could just, I hmm. never opened the boss door. And so this was actually really interesting to come back to because I had not touched this game since I quit as a kid. Mm. You know, like Mario and Banjo-Kazooie, I've come back to those plenty of times. But this, yeah. like I literally haven't touched it in 20 years. And, wow. Well, maybe not 20, but... Almost. It was, it was good to come back to, though, because it actually, it still controls really well. And it is pretty enough to where a few minutes into the game, you kind of forget you're playing an N64 game other than, you know, old mechanics that don't really exist anymore mm-hmm. but it holds up really well and i was surprised at how well it controlled especially after just playing mario 64 which does not control anywhere as tight as this did yeah yeah well that's good awesome Donkey Kong. but one more thing that surprised the heck out of me is on the players like the the game select screen it tells you your mm-hmm. game stats yeah and on my playthrough i was 68 percent done oh yeah uh a full full perfect game is 101 percent not 101 percent that's cool but i was at 68 percent end of the last level had 140 gold bananas out of possible 201 okay so how much time do you think i had on it Oh, geez. Um, several hours at least. I had 62 hours on this game. Oh, wow. Yeah. For yeah. an N64 game. That's crazy. It is. I can't believe I played this game that much. So it's all that collecting time, right? It's so much collecting, yes. Oh, and it's only, it's only eight levels. So eight levels of going all over the place, trying to find bananas in every nook and cranny. 
took me 62 hours and I didn't even finish it. Wow. Okay. There yeah, is I can't a even lot think of, of time for you. <laughs> yeah. I can't think of any modern games I've recently put that much time into other than like Breath of the Wild. Yeah. But even so, you're right. That's That's kind of rare now. It seems mm-hmm. like you really have to put that effort in, even with games today, to put that uh, amount of time in. But it's all that tedious collecting. I didn't even think about that until you were talking about that just now, but that was probably the worst part of the game for me. Was just <laughs> It's the worst part for everyone. The, the nonsensical collecting. It took so long. Like I wanted to get through this one area, but there was just all this stuff I had to go get. Still, great game though. I I do I do I do enjoy it, and I did enjoy it at the time as well. Yeah. So, and it wasn't too bad replaying today. I unlocked the third level, and I was like, "Yeah, this I remember this. I I might keep playing. I might stick with this, and yeah, maybe I'll beat it this time." But it's like, oh no. So, does it actually take sixty hours, or was I just really that bad at it back then? <laughs> um, actually, let me Google that real quick. Average time to beat. Donkey Kong 64. Well, maybe a lot of it was just exploring and not necessarily doing oh, anything. Oh, wow. I don't know. How long to beat.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, it polls people. Not a lot of people have actually responded to this poll, but on average, just doing the main story is 29 hours. Okay. And then doing the main story plus extras uh, adds on about five more hours. So <laughs> it looks like on average, people have spent at least 30 hours on this game. All righty. Well, there's that's a lot crazy. of extras to be found. There certainly it are. It is crazy. All those mini games, that's that's half of the game right there. All that's those extra true. mini games and the multiplayer itself. Multipl- oh, I forgot about that. It was actually a pretty yeah. good multiplayer. Yeah, it was. It was you this, can yeah, kind of like a battle a royale type thing. Yeah, and you mm-hmm. can smack each other, shoot each other's guns. There's actually an unlockable Kremlin that you can play in the multiplayer. Ah, cool. And he's he's a big buff Kremlin. I forget his name. But I I thought I unlocked him. And then I went back and checked today, and he wasn't there. But I know I've played him before. Oh, Crusha. Crusha, yeah. Wasn't his name Crusha? Yeah. Yeah. Because he had like a, a bazooka gun. Maybe mm-hmm. I played it on someone else's. But anyway, some quick facts for you. The the level Fungi Forest was actually originally from Banjo-Kazooie, but they ran oh, out of it? time and didn't get it finished for Banjo-Kazooie. It was called Fungus Forest, and okay. you can actually see a little picture of the level in Banjo's house in Banjo-Kazooie. Ah, all right. Fungus Forest. <laughs> so I actually couldn't find a lot of fun facts for this, but one more was when they were originally designing this, you know how they've got all their fun guns in this game, the like coconut gun, the peanut poppers. They yeah. initially just wanted real guns. And there's like oh. a screenshot of, Ban- or not Banjo, of Donkey Kong with a double barrel shotgun. <laughs> and someone at it. Nintendo was like, no, 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 no. We're not uh, putting real guns in this game. But That, uh, d- yeah. that does not fit with Donkey Kong at all. No, that's a, that's a little less than kid-friendly, I suppose. And a little yeah. strange for the universe. <laughs> Certainly. Not for, um, oh, what's his name? The guy with the guns in that game. They all have guns. What are you talking about? Well, who's the one that gives you the guns? What's his name? Oh, Funky Kong. Ah, Funky Kong. Yeah. Yeah, he's he loves guns. That he does. I love the, I, I, I love the different themes of all the different Kongs. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so just uh, reminisce with me. What... What stood out to you when you played this game? What what did you really like about it? The high adventure in the very long epic quest. When okay. by the time you were finished with this game, it felt like you had gone on like a 10,000 mile journey. Okay, that's a stretch, but there was so much to see. The the game just seemed so extensive. All the places to go, all the places to to see, the yeah. creatures that you passed along the way, the progress that you made. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you unlock all the Kongs relatively early within the game, but the amount of time it takes to do all that and all the extra stuff was on a grand scale at the time. Yeah, I mean, the game doesn't really even start until you have all the Kongs. It's true, it's true. And I also remember how funny the game was at times. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt the same way, but Lanky Kong. Yeah. This was like really his only big debut with the other Kongs. He was just yeah. funny. It, mm-hmm. The noises he made, the moves he did. He yes. was like this orangutan almost. Yep. The first time there was an orangutan within the Kong family. That's and right. He just he made me laugh. I, oh, yeah. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't stand it. He was just so funny. I'd play as him just to just to get a good laugh and I'd be Opa. like, Hey, look at look at him do this. Exactly. So yeah, that that was actually one of my favorite parts too, is just how much personality the Kongs have in this game. Mm-hmm. And actually all like all the NPCs do have a lot of personality. But in particular, just when you jump into like the character barrel and you're choosing mm-hmm. a character, where they're all like waving at you to, to pick them, and like <laughs> Chunky Kong is waving, and then as soon as he land on Chunky Kong, he's like, "What? Well, uh uh-uh, uh, nope. uh uh-uh, uh," and he nah. like he's pointing to Tiny Kong. He's like, "Pick her instead." <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chunky! Yeah. Do you remember those um, musical instruments that you could play, and it would kill yeah. all the enemies around you? Yes, you get those from Candy Kong, who is so overtly sexual in this game this yeah, kids really game is. that I didn't really pick up on luckily it's so uh, polygonal that it... <laughs> it's not overly detailed <laughs> yeah but even like I was getting the instrument from her today and there was quite a bit of innuendo in the things that she was saying to you oh. it's just like oh let me teach you how to handle that instrument and I interesting <laughs> yeah it Oh, like, yeah, this this was meant for the the older people playing this game, and even the end, after uh, you beat King K. Rool, she comes out and is just like strutting and like, oh look at me, and King K. Rool is just like leaning over the boxing ring, like reaching out for her, like oh hubba <laughs> hubba, and then he gets shot in the butt. Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. See, you get distracted for one second, and all of a sudden you get shot in the butt. Yeah. It's happened multiple times in my life. <laughs> yeah, even the um, the original, not the original, the opening song at the beginning yeah. was just super, super catchy. And I remember singing that uh, like at school one day. Yeah. And I got in trouble because I didn't realize at the very end, you're not supposed to say, you know, H-E double toothpicks. <laughs> Well, hold on. Is that... No, no. That's not in our version. In the U.S. version, it says one heck of a guy or heck of a Kong or something like no. that. Now, originally... No, originally it did say heck, but yeah. they changed it. Now, it does say I'm pretty sure, in the Super Smash Bros. Melee remix of that song. Uh, In my N64 game, it said I don't believe you. Yeah, I swear. That was that was I I can even let's yeah stop, just look it up. Let's stop the swears, Jake. Okay, man, I don't <laughs> swear anymore. <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm gonna have to go boot my game up and see. But Check it's, it that up. rap that rap goes on for like four minutes, and it's like the last line in the rap. It's true, and I got in trouble for saying it at school because it was in there. At least yeah. in my version, maybe they changed it in different versions. I don't know. Yeah, maybe but, you're right. I don't know. Oof. Hey everyone, Future Cameron here. I just watched the DK rap again, and it turns out I was wrong. But you probably already knew that. However, I also listened to the Smash Bros. version, and I was right in that it was flipped. So it is censored in the Smash Bros. version. They say one heck of a guy. So I guess you can say I was half right. And uh, you can round a half up to completely right. So, well done. Back to you guys. So the last quick thing I'll say about this is just one of my favorite memories was just getting this game in general. So we got it for Christmas one year. And Christmas was done. We had opened all our presents. And it was good. Got a good haul. And then as we were just kind of sitting around, my mom's like, wait, what's... uh?" Like, what's in the tree right there? And they just, like, (laughs) placed, unwrapped just the game box, like, just in the middle of the tree, and none of us had noticed it while we were opening presents. It's just like, oh, my gosh, there's a game in the tree? I immediately grabbed that and 
booted it up and also I'm proud this is one of my game boxes that I held on to so I still have the original box for this awesome yeah good on you for that that's good those yes. boxes are great and so many of us threw them away when yeah, we shouldn't just, have what what was what was Nintendo thinking like giving us cardboard mm. boxes silly it was silly I, mean, I guess the mo- they'd been doing it for multiple generations yeah well all the manufacturing costs went straight to the cart so you That's might as true. well i mean <laughs> you wouldn't want to pay much more uh-uh. so cool beans donkey kong 64 yeah okay Fond yeah memories this... of that game it, it wasn't bad <laughs> it wasn't bad and uh i guess we, it was right to put it in this episode because i'm done talking about it we would not fill a whole hour with just this episode Although we could. No, I'm done. I'm done. (laughs) You're done. (laughs) Yes. All right. So much more to talk about. So what, Jake, is our third game to discuss? Well, our third game, I would say in light of the fact that I'm living in Japan and uh, also to add some cultural references there, I'm going to talk about the Ganbare Goemon series or the Goemon series. And there were two Nintendo 64 games that came out for, um, well, for the N64 <laughs> under the um, Goemon franchise. And Hold on. How do you even spell this? I'm trying to pull it up on Google. Oh. G O E M O N. Okay. So, yeah. Go on. It's a Japanese game series based around this um, ninja. Oh, Mystical Ninja, right? Yeah, named Goemon. So, there were two N64 games that came out, uh, countless more over here in Japan, but only two in the US, sadly, only two. Uh, There was Mystical Ninja starring Goemon and Goemon's Mm -hmm. Great Adventure. And they were import games uh, that revolved around this team of ninjas that went around and did very interesting, crazy feats, defeated very quirky characters to always save in some way or another the country of Japan. So it was always based around traveling about Japan or some spiritual world connected to Japan. And I'm really sad that this series did not get as much attention as it did over in Japan um, because it's really fun. And ultimately, this series is responsible for uh, getting me interested in the Japanese culture in general. I guess you could say Uh this game series is the reason why I'm living here today. Um, So basically, uh, it's it's a series that's been around since the, I believe, NES over in Japan. Mm -hmm. And game after game. It's all focused around this one group of ninjas um, led by this guy named Goemon, and they would always be saving Japan. And the character of Goemon is based on a um, fictional, a, a folktale character here in Japan who is a an honorable thief, basically. Okay. So in Japan, Goemon is sort of the equivalent, per se, of Robin Hood oh, okay. um, in Western culture. Uh, an honorable thief who uh, steals from the rich and gives to the poor. But in these games, he's a quirky ninja with his friends who defeat very strange characters across Japan Mm -hmm. with a somewhat animated type theme along with a lot of humor and stuff like that. A lot of goofy jokes and stuff. But the first one that came out for the N64, um, Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, it takes place in Japan and you explore the different cities the different major cities of japan such as um kyoto tokyo and each one of them has a different name to it but you know each one is based on the original city because of the different cultural themes in the different spots that you can go to in real life that just Uh have different names but as you travel between these worlds on the highways and stuff you have to uh defeat robots that are like small robots that are set out by the the, the bad guys who yeah. in the in this game are just random people called the Peach Mountain Shoguns. And <laughs> I'm looking at did... the story right now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it looks very weird. Go on. It it is. Well, it's very Japanese, very different. So these the, these Peach Mountain Shoguns want to 
zap every city and turn the country of Japan into a stage that they can perform <laughs> on so that they can become popular in the rest of the world, I suppose. And these ninjas are like, oh no, we need to stop this. We can't just have a gigantic stage here in Japan. That's weird. That is so, weird. <laughs> as they collect the different things, the different main things, and de defeat the different robots set out by the Peach Mountain Shoguns, you ultimately have to fight them. And what's cool about this game are the not only smaller scale boss battles, but each one of those smaller scale ones acts as sort of a mini boss that leads up to a bigger one, which is a giant robot battle. And okay. what's more Japanese than a gigantic robot battle? You've got your <laughs> robot named Impact, who is a famous actor in America. Oh. And he's like, you know, 200, 300 feet tall. And you have to use impact to fight the other bad robots and with punching <laughs> shooting kicking yeah really goofy stuff so i played the heck out of this game and before this i didn't know what japan was but ever since i played this game i wanted to come to japan and here i am now so that's awesome <laughs> i'm just i'm been browsing wikipedia as you're talking and it this sounds hilarious it like, is i kind of want to play this and the cool thing about it is it's value still holds up to this day because it's such a good and I guess unfiltered depiction of Japanese culture and what it's like to play adventure games in Japan because it, it's basically an import game. They, they yeah. only translated the text and that was it and they did that for two games. The second one being Goemon's Great Adventure which was similar to the first one except it was more streamlined I'd say and there was also the addition of multiplayer it was a little more, I'd say, two-dimensional. Yeah. Uh, a little more linear, but you could play with up to four characters on screen at once using the different control ports, and it, it was a lot more interactive in that regard. Plus, the graphics were a little bit better, but it was, it was similar. You'd travel across Japan, but this one, you'd have the addition of different um, worlds, d different spiritual worlds that you could travel to, like an underworld and like a cloud world. And mm -hmm. stuff like that and the robot battles are a lot more fun on those as well so i would recommend if you get a chance play both of them but if you okay. want if you really want to get into it and you really want to have that fun streamlined experience play the second one yeah, uh, what but, was the but second they're both one really good goemon's great adventure oh, okay and it's just sad that they discontinued the series here in the U.S., I guess they thought that the games were too different. Maybe were, were too. Oh, I'm sure. Culturally strange. Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely assuming that based off what I'm reading right now. But, but yeah, definitely it seems check very, it out. Very Japanese. Yeah, it, it really is. But check it out if you ever get a chance. I would highly recommend it because okay. a lot of people enough did not get the exposure to. <laughs> Right, that series but that's just me <laughs> next time i'm out old game shopping i'll try to find this and then you should be able to find it somewhere it was pretty common but you cool. need a you need a uh expansion pack that's 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 important get an expansion pack i've got that Not what are you talking uh, about a memory card sorry oh no i don't a memory have a memory card, card. No, N64 memory card? I mean, controller pack. Isn't that what it was called? A controller pack? Yeah, something like that. Either way, mine never worked. Snap, what I had. No pun intended. What happened? Is, what pun? What are you talking about? It never worked. Snap. It didn't work because it snapped. Oh, because you're snapping it. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, no, mine, it didn't seem to work. That was my big beef with Glover because it never saved Glover, which... I was hoping that you would bring that game up today. We talked about Glover, but we'll talk about that later. That's that's a good game that we will talk about. Yes. It, we will. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, cool. Those are three games that have been important to us, maybe to you as well, but not important enough to deserve their own episode of Honorary Regen Games. Yes. Honorary <laughs> Games, which... Uh, it was cool. Pretty fun. Yeah, totally. So next, we are going to move on to our top five 
And uh, <laughs> this week we thought, you know, since we're doing things a little differently, we're going to do this one differently too. This top five is actually our bottom five. So <laughs> we each kind of looked through all of our N64 games and decided what is our our bottom five games that we own, our least favorites. So this was very hard to figure out because, mm. I mean, this this is not to say that these games are in any way bad, but if you had to rank the games you own, what's at the bottom? And, mm-hmm. you know, we own them, so they're not terrible, but let's find out. Yes. You ready, Jake? I'm ready, Cameron. Let's do this. Why don't you start right. us off? What's your number five? So my number five is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Ah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1. Mm. So this one. is it's a good game, but it's not as good as number two. So therefore, it has to, it has to be on my list. Agreed. Agreed. It's not on my list, but I agreed with the whole, it's second one's better. Yeah. All right. What's your number five? My number five is Toy Story 2. Why? I loved this game, but not on the N64. It was too compressed, and they cut back on the quality for the N64. It was just not as good. So I'd much rather play it on the PlayStation, which is what I did enjoy it on. Yeah. I've seen that multiple times at used game stores. It's like, oh, Toy Story 2, I remember that on PC. Mm. All right, I'll just not grab it on the N64. It it wasn't as good on the N64. They cut back on a lot. Yeah. Um, My number four is Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. The Star Wars game. Again, Uh. Actually, this this game might just actually be a bad game. I don't know. <laughs> it is so hard to control. I need yeah. what I need to do is download it on Steam and play it with a mouse and see if I actually like this game or not. Because, oh. well, you know what? We're going to talk about this game later in the future, so I will just leave it at that. It's number yeah. four on my list. <laughs> it was supposedly better on the PC, but yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> Uh, my number four was Rugrats Scavenger Hunt. Rugrats? I was yeah. not allowed to watch oh. Rugrats. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you definitely weren't either. Why Why did you even have this game? I, I wasn't later on. Uh, not, not initially. <laughs> yeah, I had this game. I also had Rugrats Search for Reptar on the PlayStation, which was really fun. But yeah. Scavenger Hunt just didn't do it for me. My younger brother enjoyed it more than I did. I just didn't really enjoy it. I don't know why. Yeah, Too because slow. Rugrats are bad. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't want a rat on my rug either. Okay. <laughs> 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 right. So we are 0-4-2 at the moment. Can we get Next. like a half point for Tony Hawk? No. <laughs> no? All right. Okay. <laughs> my number four is Star Wars Episode One Pod Racer. Star Wars episode one. I about knocked my shelf down. Oh no, that's not good. It scared me. Okay. Um, Yikes. Don't hurt your shelf. (laughs) That was really bad. (laughs) No, that that was the first one that actually made me laugh. Well done. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Uh, So Pod Racer. It's a good game, but I never really played it in depth. I never played it competitively. I never mm. tried to win the campaign or anything. I just enjoyed, you know, going fast and playing mm-hmm. um, the Tatooine level, the, oh, the yeah. Eve race. Uh, that, that's mostly what I did. Okay. But I think the biggest issue with this game is the darn view distance. It just it can't render fast enough. You, it's like, you know, it's like driving at night with your low beams on. Uh-huh. You can't see that far in front of you as you go. Yeah, yeah, it's true. But, and there, there were a lot of points where the frame rate was very low, with yeah. so much on screen. Okay. All right. Are so, we going to go zero points today? Uh, I'm going to guess that we might, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay because this is about education and having fun. Uh, my number with three education? was. What are we learning? All right, we're learning about our. Least favorite games. <laughs> okay, go on. Uh, my number three was Aiden Chronicles, the first mage. Ooh, this is one that you brought up a little while up. ago, actually. Yeah, 
Yeah, so this was an adventure game that came out late in the N64's life, and sadly, it just did not hold up with the quality of the others. Uh, there was just it was just not a well put together game, in my opinion. Yeah. The graphics, the music, the gameplay was just all very on the low scale end of things compared to or in in relative in the relative sense to when it came out in the N64's yeah. life, which was much later. Yeah. So. So I've never heard of that game, so not on my list. Okay. What's your number right. two? Two. My number two is Pilot Wings 64. Ah, oh, Pilot Wings. I love that game. <laughs> so Pilot Wings, this was a game I, I liked playing at my cousin's house. Mm-hmm. And it's cool and all because it's a launch title and you get to fly and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, I, rec- I never owned this game until recently. And this okay. is not a game to play if you have no nostalgia for it. Okay. And and yeah. I did not. So I booted this up and it's just like, oh, oh, this is bad. This is, uh, <laughs> these graphics are terrible. And I, these menus, I don't even understand what the goal is. And wait, <laughs> do I go for that objective there or do I just fly around the island and crash into stuff? I don't know. The answer to that question is yes. Yes, it is. Again, it's really just on my list because, again, I have no nostalgia for this game. That's fair. That's fair. All right. My number two is Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. Uh, which all right. Half, yeah. half point? No, it doesn't matter. Okay. Yeah. Honorary point. How about that? It doesn't count anything, but yeah. So okay. uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, I played this game after I played it on the GameCube. So you can imagine there was a bit of a step down in expectations right and i eventually sold it because it was not as cool i thought hey i love this i didn't have a gamecube at the time so i thought hey i want to play this game i love this game on the gamecube i'm gonna get it on the n64 so i can relive all those fun times and it's not <laughs> up to par at all not. i don't know what i was thinking but at least it's a cool black cartridge it was i should have kept it but i didn't alas Fooey. Yeah, I would have liked to see that. I would. I want to see what the graphical comparison looks like. Well, it's a lot less than yeah. I'm sure the it is. GameCube. I'm sure you can probably know that. Yes. All right. So my number one worst game that I ever owned is Glover. Ah, oh, Glover. <laughs> Which is too bad because I actually really liked Glover. Yeah, again, this is a game we'll talk about as well, so I I won't go too much in depth about it. But there was something wrong with my game to where it just it could not hold on to its saves. And I would play like the first two. I've played the first like two levels of this game so many times because Mm -hmm. every time I'd come back, the game would be erased. And I even had a memory card to put in the controller and that didn't work either. And so there was actually so many times, many, many times because you were good at this game. When you'd come stay the night, you would just play through most of the game for me and I would Mm. just watch and you would get pretty near to the end. I don't know if you ever beat uh, the other glove on my cart, but Mm. then I, you'd go home and then the next day I would get it out like, Oh sweet. I'm going to keep playing from where you left off. Nope, it would be erased again. Wow. And shoot, that just, really stinks. It's sad. Yeah. And this is also a game that I've somehow lost. I don't oh. I have no idea where it is. Oh no. Yeah. So Oh, well that stinks. It does. That's too bad that you had that experience. But then it gave you something to put on a list. Yep. The glove fits. <laughs> And that was a good joke. <laughs> but um, ting, if the glove fits. Ha ha. All right. <laughs> All right, move on. What's your number one of our zero point list? My number one is the perfect title because it's perfect dark. <laughs> You're right. It is yeah. the perfect title. I Which never played is, this game. Mm, I'm, I'm sad to put this on my list. It, so Why? was it was made with the same engine as GoldenEye 007. So the controls are really solid. The graphics were really good at the time and the story was really awesome as well. And it was all around an amazing 
first-person shooter. But by the time it came out, I feel like it was not the same as GoldenEye for some reason. Like, yeah, it's better in all these regards, but it's not the same. Um, couldn't by the, live up to the hype of GoldenEye. Yeah, by the time the, the Prime had passed and newer, different things were coming out. And when I played it, it was a long time after it came out. Yeah. So I just kind of booted it up, shot around for a sec, and put it away, and that was it. So mm. I was not able to play it in its prime. And yeah. I think a lot of people thought the same thing. Like, yeah, it's better in all these regards than GoldenEye, but it's not GoldenEye. So yeah. we just didn't give it the amount of attention that it could have, that that it deserved. Because it really is a good game, and I'm I'm sad to put it on the list. I, I wish that it got more attention than it did. Yeah, this was one I never played because I thought um, the title, Perfect Dark, it sounded like it was a scary game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I don't want to be in the dark fighting <laughs> off scary things. But also, I wasn't allowed to really play gun games. Mm, me neither. But I still played it. <laughs> Jake! <laughs> so devious. You were. What that a deviant. Terrible, terrible. So that's my top five list. Zero for zero. Zero for ten, essentially. Ten chances of games. None of them lined up. Wow. We, we, wow. We own we a lot of the We're still trying to too. beat the record of four points, which we actually set back in episode two with our top multiplayer games. We got four points. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get we got four points later on in a different episode that I don't remember. Hmm. I see. Yeah. Well, any closing remarks, Jake, about anything at all? Well, I am looking very much forward to our next list of games and the next set of awesome topics to talk about. Because I thought this went really well today, to be honest. Yeah, well, maybe it did. Maybe we'll listen to it back like episode one and be like, oh, no, we're not getting better at all. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. That's how it works, doesn't it? This is exciting. It was so cool to pull up Spotify and type in Region Unlocked and see our art pop up. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. At the moment, we're still not on iTunes. We're still waiting approval, but hopefully it's on there. Um, the only downside about being on iTunes is that's where most people leave reviews and that's where mm. we're going to get all these terrible <laughs> reviews, but that's okay. Cause we'll keep doing this cause this is fun. Yeah. We're not doing it for reviews, but it will hurt our feelings when they're bad. Yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> but still, this is fun. <laughs> it is fun. Um, Jake, have you put out any dang videos yet? Mm, no, I've not. Uh, yeah. No. Episode I'm, two, you're like, I'm making a YouTube channel about my adventures in Japan. Yeah, and uh, well, I'm still I'm still in the green there because I never set a date when I would actually make that channel. Uh huh. So, uh-huh. who knows? It'll come out relatively sh- soon. I think you should set yourself a goal. And have it up by the time people listen to this episode, which well, is approximately nine weeks from right now. Oh, snap. Okay. So right now I've got this. All right. Well, you, you just set me up right there, huh? Okay. Actually, so let's look at the calendar. Right now it's uh, March 2nd for you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So let's say the seventh episode two goes out. So three. Nine ten. So May 9th, people hmm. will be listening to this right now or in will Japan. They? May 8th for me. So you've got till May 8th to make a very successful YouTube channel. Well, I don't know about very successful. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say Two, not three, successful. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, sorry. May 2nd. Okay. So you've got less time. May 2nd Mm. to do it. I just put up another video on my channel, made some Harry Potter books from my wife out of leather. I'll probably have another one up here soon, making another arcade cabinet, which is going to be great. Mm, It is cool. 
Check his videos a, out. They're cool. It's a ta- it'll be a tabletop arcade uh, designed after the Super Nintendo. Oh, nice. And yeah. I just got that's my graphics cool. printed yesterday, and they look really good. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool beans. Okay. We're rambling long enough. Let's end this. So, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Please keep listening, and hopefully we keep getting better. So with that, my name's Cameron. And I'm Jake. This was Region Unlocked. You know where to email us. Have an awesome, nerdy week, my dudes. See you. Sayonara. And do that. And do that. Yeah.